Hey, Bible readers, I'm Tara Lee Cobble, and I'm your host for the Bible Recap. I was excited to finish up the genealogies today, and I'm guessing you were too. If you think reading them is hard, imagine trying to teach them. In fact, I only have a couple of things to say about chapters 7 and 8. In chapter 7, we see the genealogy of the tribe of Benjamin, and then in chapter 8, we get a second genealogy of Benjamin that is almost entirely different. What's going on here? First, the chapter 8 genealogy focuses specifically on the line of Saul. Maybe you're wondering why they couldn't have just included that in the original chapter 7 version instead of having to address it separately. We won't dive into this fully, but at a point in the story that we haven't reached yet, it seems that the tribe of Benjamin may have had a little mini-split, kind of like East and West Manasseh did. And since the author wrote this 500 years after the time we're currently in, he may have been retroactively noting who went which way in that split. It's not vital information for us to retain, but I wanted to point it out in case the double genealogy confused anyone. Remember how I told you that these genealogies serve to track who's a part of what tribe for when they return from exile? In chapter 9, we get a glimpse into that. It tells us who comes back and in what order and where they go to live. It focuses specifically on Jerusalem which is the religious capital at this point. This chapter also shows us just how many people are involved in running things at the temple after it's built. It's not just making sacrifices. It's mixing incense and counting utensils and leading worship and guarding gates and baking bread. So much goes into keeping things running smoothly. And everyone who worked there was considered a leader, regardless of their specific task. Chapter 10 gives us a quick review of Saul's death. And in case there was any doubt, this part of scripture affirms the earlier account of how Saul killed himself in battle. That's how it was recorded at the time, and that's how it's remembered 500 years later. Remember the Amalekite sojourner who came to David as a messenger in 2 Samuel 1 and said he killed Saul personally? This makes it clear that he was just lying to gain favor. He's not even mentioned in the text here. What was your God shot today? And remember, these God shots aren't just something God teaches us, but something God teaches us about himself. So where did you see God or his character show up in what we read today? For me, it was in the final two verses. In these verses, Saul was the leader of God's people, and he wasn't seeking God. In fact, he was seeking counsel from people God had commanded him to kill, people who were enemies of God's kingdom. And in that way, Saul was a traitor, an idolater, and... Given how God portrays his relationship with his people as a marriage, Saul would have been considered a spiritual adulterer. Verse 14 tells us that God put him to death. We've talked about how God is the God of the womb and the God of the tomb and how he's the giver and taker of life. And I know that can be a hard concept, but it's what we see in scripture, so we can't discount it just because it's uncomfortable for us sometimes. The fact that God claims credit for Saul's death might be a tough pill to swallow for a variety of reasons but here's what it showed me about God that's comforting. God would not stand for a leader who was doing things his own way, who was disregarding the good of the people, who was betraying the God of the universe and seeking selfish gain. God would not allow that person to continue leading this nation state that he had put his own name on. God protects his people, and his protective nature makes me trust him more. And even though I wasn't part of that nation state, I know he's protective of me too. Does harm happen to God's kids? Absolutely. But he preserves what is most important, our souls and our relationship with him. He's vigilant when it comes to the things of eternal value. I'm so glad he's made me his forever and that he's the one who keeps me because he's where the joy is. 
Okay, Bible readers, it's time for our weekly check-in. How is your mindset in all of this? We're almost a third of the way through the Bible. We'll cross that mark in just a few days. I hope you're loving this more and more all the time. I pray for you often and ask God to continue revealing Himself to you. I hope you're learning more about Him and finding that you trust Him more as a result of what you're learning. For any places that you need help, ask Him for wisdom, ask Him for heart change, ask Him to correct the lies you believe about Him. I believe He stands ready to answer those prayers with a yes, because He wants to be known even more than we want to know Him. I can't wait to dig back into the Word with you again tomorrow. The Bible Recap is brought to you by D Group, discipleship and Bible study groups that meet in homes and churches around the world each week. 